The congregation may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for our meditation will be the epistle lesson, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verses 1 through 16. And last week we started our uh, discussion on Hebrews in our Bible study, and we found out that this is a sermon, that Hebrews is a sermon written in the first century to a house congregation. It was written down on paper, and it would be read then by the congregation. And so here is part of the sermon that we are going to deal with today. And in the sermon, the preacher is preaching. We don't know who the author of Hebrews is, but we know that it is a, a believer, somebody who was taught by one of the apostles. And he says, by faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things that are hoped for. What are your hopes? What are the things that you do not see, but yet you hope for, and the conviction of things that you have yet to see? What are those things in your life? That is your faith. Our faith is in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, we have not seen him, but we know him. We know him because of the word of God. And we tie it back into the mystery of the word made flesh, and Jesus is that word made flesh, and we know him because he has reached us. God has reached us through the word and brought us to faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. For, it is, for by faith, verse 2, for by faith, people of old receive their commendation. So it is that God gives and God says to faith, righteousness. That our faith in Him, that when we put our hope and our trust in Him, that God considers that and calls that righteous. The uh, preacher then goes through a litany, uh, a history of people who functioned by faith. He goes first to Abel. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Why didn't the author, the preacher, go to Adam? Why Cain? Why, why Abel first? Well, the author is trying to tie the congregation into the story that he is telling, into the reality of the sermon that he is preaching. He is tying them in. And, and Abel is the first congregate member. If Adam would have been the, the patriarch of the, of the family, of the, um, so of the church, the first congregation. And so he ties in then faith to the congregation by bringing up Abel. And Abel would have brought a sacrifice to God, and God deems that sacrifice as acceptable, and it is then righteous. He goes through then to tie the congregation that he is preaching to into the story of the Old Testament. They are heirs of this promise. They are heirs of this faith. It is the same faith by which the patriarchs 
functioned that now the congregation that this preacher is preaching to now functions. And this congregation is going to take this motivation and they are going to push and move forward. And this word of God is now going to move out through this congregation into the far corners and reaches of the world. All the way to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So if I'm going to take this preacher and use what he's doing as a catalyst for preaching to you, well then I want to invite you into the story of God, into the faith story that God has created. Are you ready? By faith, the Oklahoma district called a missionary at large in 1953. His name was Harold Brockhoff. By faith, a congregation was put together on February the 4th, 1954, an incorporation called Christ the Redeemer Lutheran Church. By faith, this group met at 51st in Peoria. By faith, they started a VBS, a vacation Bible study. And by faith, the community came to it. And by faith, they reached out to people, and people started gathering together and creating this congregation. By faith, they grew. By faith, in 1967, they were up to about 200 people every Sunday at worship. By faith, there was a parcel of property on 71st Street just east of Lewis. By faith, this group of, of Christians endeavored to build a sanctuary. The very one that we're sitting in right now. By faith, they took on a loan. I looked up the, the meetings from 1967. It was May a special congregational meeting, May 31st, 1967. I have the minutes right here. They took out a loan for $250,000 in 1967. Now, I did the math. They have calculators that can do this now. Okay? And what it does is it takes the, the, um, the rate of, of um, what is it, the... The inflation, thank you very much. It takes inflation, and then it measures it out um, to, 19, to 2018. So guess how much that would be in terms of dollars today? 250000 in 1967 is $1.9 million today. That's a lot of money. I want to read to you by faith the minutes of the special congregational meeting on May 31st, 1967. Uh, guess how many people were in attendance? 25. Sounds about right. <laughs> the meeting was called to order by Vice President Merle Rath. The meeting opened with Pastor Brockhoff with scripture reading and a prayer. Meeting then turned over to John Jack Wynn, the building committee chairman, and Mr. McCormick, the architect, who presented proposed plans for the new church interior. The general consensus of opinion was that the candelabra 
be located at either end of the altar, tapering from the front to the rear. Wow, look at that. It was moved by Woodroy McCoy that the chancel furniture, the altar, that's the altar, the pulpit, the lectern, and the baptismal font, be constructed of white marble with bronze trim with no black to be used in the color scheme. It was seconded by Paul Langford. The motion was passed. Look at that. It was moved by Ed Holt and seconded by um, Gilbert Blanco that the design for the clergy seats in Candelabra be left to the discretion of the building committee, and the motion was passed. I hope you see that by faith, these things happen. By faith, the church moves. By faith, the church grows. It is by faith that we are now passing a legacy on to a next generation. That's our capital campaign a year ago. By faith, we started a capital campaign for the expansion and, re and renovation of our entire facility. By faith, I wonder what will happen 50 years from now when the date will be, well, 20 what, what is it, 2069? 2069 would be 50 years from now? I will be 100 years old. I probably won't even be here. But guess what will happen? This text will come up again. And a preacher will stand in this pulpit and he will preach a sermon on faith and how the church moves by faith. I wonder if he will mention our names. That by faith, 50 years ago, a congregation got together. That by faith, 50 years ago, a congregation even took out a loan and, and, and created this wonderful ministry and facilities that we see here and that we enjoy right now. You see, the preacher in Hebrews tied the congregation into God's story. You are tied into God's story as we continue to move out in faith. And don't hear me say, don't, do not hear this sermon as a, as a plea to, to do building renovations and, and things like that. That's not it at all. I love the idea of an of a expansion and, and, re, and renovation. Do you know why? Not because of the expansion and renovation, but because I know as a pastor that in order to do it, it's going to have to be by faith. It's going to have to be by faith. It was only by faith that in 1967 they even had a vision for what we are experiencing now. I love by faith. Now the alternative is to sit still and do nothing. And that, brothers and sisters in Christ, is the devil. That's the enemy. It is by faith that the, that the church moved forward from Genesis to Revelation. It is by faith that we continue to move forward. So I propose that we get a shovel and we get out there and we break ground. By faith by faith. Amen. And now may the peace of God, it transcends our ability to even understand. May it guard our hearts and minds, always never focused on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus the Christ. Amen.